Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are. To get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain, T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Bartow. Right out front, Yager, Bennett, side of the net. Score! The doctor is now in. Hour number two coming your way here. TCMartinShow.com. Get on the website. Check it all out for you. Check out the latest blogs as well as our featured interview, the Tim Bradley interview that we just had. That'll be up a little bit later on. So uh, check out all the interviews at the interview page, the party page. And again, we have our wrap-up from the Golden Knights uh, trip to Lake Tahoe as well, too. We'll talk more about that this hour, as well as plenty of college basketball. We've got some breaking news coming your way regarding the Mountain West Conference Tournament, so hang tight with that. T.C. Martin, ballpark slash VGK Frank in the house here. And, of course, brought to you, of course, by the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. And also the William Hill Sportsbooks. Get involved with the William Hill mobile app and use that promo code TC50. That enables you to get $50 into your account for free. Open a new account. Deposit at least $50. They will match it with an additional $50. Boom. Money to play with. Money to bet with. No matter what it is. If it's basketball. If it's hockey. Whatever is on the board. They'll take your action at the William Hill Sportsbooks. And don't forget, you can come out and see the show live each and every Friday at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Hey, by the way, uh, before we get Brian on here, I wanted to ask you, too, I don't know if you had a chance to catch it or not, but after the hockey game, and they played it this weekend, did you happen to catch the piece on Doc Emmerich? I thought it was sensational. I thought they did a really good job on it. And I loved it when they asked him that question, Was there, if there's, is there any call that you wish you could do over? And he had immediately went to, the Patrick Kane goal where nobody knew what was going on, and then he redid it like he was doing it today, like he did see the puck go in the back of the net, because it shows you even the best of all time, and a lot of people consider him the GOAT for hockey, some people just for announcers overall, You know, even they can have a moment that they'd like to redo. But I thought it was really interesting and really well done on Doc Emmer. Yeah, and NBC uh, did that documentary, and they aired it uh, after the game. And... uh I saw a lot of that same footage. I don't know if you saw it uh, about a few years back when uh, HBO yeah, I'd seen Real a lot Sports. Of it. I'd seen a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, so Real Sports, and those guys did a, uh, Brian Gumbel did a fantastic job when they interviewed him and you know, went back to uh, you know, his, his house there in, in the Midwest. And it was just, yeah, he's the best. And I know that we've both interviewed him uh, you know, you know, separately on our respective shows in the past. Always one of my favorites. And again, I love the legendary announcers. He by far, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, any sport, anywhere, if he's not number one, he is definitely top two or three. There's no question about it. Just the picture that he paints, and more so than probably any other play-by-play announcer for doing it from, and of course, he started with radio, and you know when you do that, you... You have to paint the picture. And he carried that over to television, which very few play-by-play guys do. You don't see it in football at all. You don't see it in basketball, which I think you, would, you need to see it more in basketball. And uh, in hockey, as fast as the action is, he treats it just like he's doing a radio broadcast. 
And uh, still to this day, there are no other hockey play-by-play guys that do it like Doc Emmert. But just uh, his voice, his diction, his passion, his knowledge, phenomenal. Yeah, and I think you hit the key there with the passion. You can tell that he doesn't just do this for a living. He loves it. I mean, he lives for it. He's part of it. And I don't think I've ever heard another announcer or a player or anybody have a bad word for him. You know, and, and that's very, very rare. All right. So let's uh, go back to our guy who was in Lake Tahoe over the course of the weekend, Brian Salmon, the sports director over at News 3. Hopefully he's back. He's warm. Uh, did not uh, catch a cold or any flu-like symptoms. What's going on, my man? <laughs> hey, what's happening with your team, sir? Hey. And Frank, yeah, I'm doing well, man. I am warm now, but uh, I was not, not warm in Lake Tahoe for some of those live shots that I was doing this past weekend. It was, woo! How was the hot chocolate up there? Yeah. <laughs> the hot chocolate was good, man. I, I did get hot chocolate. <laughs> As you should, man. I did get hot chocolate, yes. So we saw, oh, man, the food was good. The hot chocolate was good. Yeah, we saw a lot of the coverage, of course. Again, the, the game itself was on NBC. I mean, both games. Uh, actually, we should probably say all three games. <laughs> the, the Golden Knights' uh, first period and then the Golden Knights, uh, you know, nine hours later over uh, NBCSN. But anyway, uh, great stuff. Uh, we, we enjoyed watching it, my friend. It was very unique. I really want to dive in to what it was like for you because we know that you went up there on Thursday night. You're preparing. You're there on Friday. And then here we go on Saturday. You're going to watch some hockey. And next thing you know, you're seeing that, wait a minute, this, uh, this thing's getting delayed a little bit. And during that first period, the timeouts got longer and longer. And next thing you know, after the intermission, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, we're, we're not going to be coming back here. So I'm very curious, B-Sal, as you're sitting there covering it, planning your stories, doing all the stuff. You and Jesse Merrick did a fantastic job. Tell us what your day was like on Saturday. You know what? I, I, would, I almost would love to sit here and say that the day was – hectic and we were like man what's going to go on it was you know it's crazy we're really sad um but for us just myself and jesse being in lake tahoe it was not like that at all now for the people that work at the station like our assistant news directors and the producer who produced the half hour show and editors and the people back at the station gm news director um it was it was hell for them because one like oh man we're going to end up not having a 30-minute show that, you know, you know, sales and everything else. I mean, there's a lot tied into that 30-minute show that we've been promoting all week. But if there's no game, there's no post-game show, right? So then back here, they're going bananas because they're trying to figure out what we're going to do. NBC is going to only fill to a certain amount till 3 o'clock, and then what, what do we do after that? And then they took the games off of uh, NBC Channel 3 and put it on NBCSN. So – I mean, that was, that was, it was hellish for the people that were here back at the station. For Jesse and myself, we went out to go watch the first period. We were on the first bus to go out there to watch the flyover and everything. Beautiful, beautiful walking in. If you look at my Instagram or Twitter, I put a lot of these videos and pictures. Just, just amazing, amazing uh, sights to see. So we did that, watched the first period, came back. Um, after that first period, I looked over and told Jesse, I was like, man, they know that they need to stop this game, but they they know what's go, what's on the line. It's their Super Bowl, so they're trying to figure out what they're trying what they're going to do. But I knew you knew that they were going to. You could tell. I mean, the ice was terrible. So 
Um, they had to protect their players, somewhat like the Raiders when they were in Canada with that field. So it was – so when they did that, Jesse and I just grabbed a sandwich and we just sat and <laughs> – Hey, Brian, let me ask you, what was your vantage point like there in the first period? Did you notice the ice? Because, again, on television, we really can't notice it until they they talk about it, and then they do some close-ups, and you see the guys working on the ice. From your vantage point, could you notice that it looked totally different than, say, T-Mobile Arena? Now, um, I'll say it like this. Okay, so for our vantage point, we were on the end of the ice, behind the uh, goal, right? So we couldn't, I mean, it is not a, it wasn't a prime spot to watch a hockey game, right? It, it's not nearly as bad as watching a game in T-Mobile during COVID, but it, it's, it wasn't, it, it's not like going to practice or going to uh, Wait, you mean You're telling uh, me you didn't T-Mobile have an free. obstructed view seat. You, you didn't have an obstructed view no, no, seat. No, okay. <laughs> no, I can actually see the ice. I can actually see the entire ice. However, it was from the angle that we were at. You right. couldn't really see the game. You know what I mean? To actually try to watch the game. All you could really see is just, you know, the you, you could see the setup and you could kind of see them playing. And, you know, if you're concentrating really, really hard, you could kind of tell. But, you know, to fully answer your question, no. Could not tell what the eyes look like at all. Not even close. Could you tell during the game a little bit that maybe play was a little bit sloppy? Because it seemed to me like even that the one goal that was scored in the first period, it seemed like that puck was bouncing a little bit. And usually when you see the puck bouncing all over, yeah, it can catch an edge here and there. But it seemed like maybe it was bouncing because it was hitting some chippy spots in the ice. Yes, you could definitely tell that. But remember, mind you, they only let us, all media, they only let us go and watch five minutes of clock time of the game. So they took us to so the game started at noon. We jumped on the bus at 1130 to go from the media center, which is at um, Harrow's and drive to uh, Edgewood, which is, you know, it's like five minutes away, but we left at 1130. We got there, say 1145, you know, we're taking pictures and doing all our social media and all this stuff. and just in awe of what it looks like out there. So I would fly over, but we only were able to see five minutes of actual game, right? So we had to leave there when it was 14 minutes on the clock. So after that, we were not able to go back to the actual rink and watch the game. Okay, so So, I'm I'm confused uh, here. So you you get to watch five minutes. You're there reporting it. And what do I – there are no fans there. We saw that. But I saw a lot of people walking their dogs on the cart paths. I saw guys hanging out in the boat. I saw some other guys hanging beyond the goal. I mean, I don't know if those were uh, just regular Edgewood members. But what's up with that? Why am I seeing people walking dogs on the course and and, and checking out some hockey? And my man, they're giving you five uh, minutes of ice time. What you do? Is you penalty box? What happened? Do you have a double major I, there? What, yeah. What happened? <laughs> the double major. I think maybe I, I drank too much hot chocolate or <laughs> ate too, too much of the sandwiches in the, the media center or something. No. It was like that for all of the media. Uh, but, but they had so – this is the thing. With the NHL and this whole COVID, they're being very careful as they should. You know, I, I, I'm not knocking them for being extra careful. But as far as, like, for the experience for the media in order to actually see things and do – the people that we were working with were great, but they didn't have it set up for us to – to uh, for it to be a real experience for the media to actually enjoy it. We're just we're, – we're there and able to get uh, a little bit um, – uh, to get a little bit of um, 
some video and, uh, you know, just, just some video and, and, and social media. And that, that was all that we were able to do. So did you get to go back at night at all? Did you see what it looked like at night, or were you five minutes up and that was it? Yeah, no, five minutes up and that was it. And basically what they ended up doing is there were people whom um, – there were people that uh, that didn't get a chance to see actual live hockey. So they, they went over there in waves as far as the buses were concerned, right? So we were on the first bus. The second bus left at, say, 1145, and the next bus maybe at noon. So the people that left at noon, by the time they got there, you know, they weren't able to see any actual live hockey. So what they did was when it came for 11 or 9 o'clock when the game restarted, they got to go back over there to get some to, to see some live hockey. But they got five minutes as well, and then they ended up having the lead. Wow. And, and, you know, B-Sal, I'm glad you're, you're telling me this because, see, I was regretting about, about not coming. Now I'm kind of glad that I, that I stayed here, man. Thank you very much. I could have had, you know, just my hot chocolate here. So, yeah, I was, I really was planning on going there. But, no, I understand, I guess, to a certain degree because, again, no fans are allowed. There's no stands. But the media is the media. And you guys should have enough a- access to – you're going there to cover the game, to report on the game, to have access to the rink or at least close by, on site, right? Yeah, um, you had a little bit of access on – you know, close by, like people that were out there walking their dogs, say like the police, um, some uh, armed services, you know, the people that work with the NHL, you know, that sort of stuff. Those are the only people that really had any kind of access to the mm-hmm. to the rink. And, you know, the mascots, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But as far as the media is concerned, it wasn't a huge media event. Mm-hmm. It was a made-for-TV event. And, you know, like I know, what we saw on TV was absolutely amazing. Right. All right, B. Sal. So yeah. here's the here's the big question. We we heard players talking about Golden Knights players said they went back to the hotel and they took a nap during the eight hours in between you know the, the periods there from the first to the second. I want to know what you did. What you do? Did you go take a nap? What you do? Go around town? Give me that <laughs> menu? What would you have? Go to any of my spots? I should have told you to to go to the Snowflake. You could have got yourself a great burger, fries, and shake at the Snowflake, man. That's where I should have told you to go. Uh, I mean, you went to Friday Station. That's... You had the steak. You, you you did dive into the steak at Friday Station on Thursday night, right? You did do that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. So oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. bucket list checked. Don't know if you went over to Harvey's downstairs at that steakhouse on Saturday. Hopefully, you got that checked. But uh, we tried. Know, okay. All right. Uh, you know, Cabo Wabo uh, down below Harris there. Uh, Sammy Hagar's spot. I think he's still around there. That that could have been a check spot. But the Snowflake. I should have told you to go to the Snowflake, my man. You know what? Well, man, that's that's um that's not you. That's you not doing your job. You should have told <laughs> us to go to the Snowflake, man. That's TC slipping. He's not doing his job here, man. Because no. <laughs> when we had that time, yeah. so let's see the game. Went up until what, like three thirty-ish or so, and uh, maybe two thirty-three-ish. But I still had to go on TV live at five o'clock and six o'clock to inform people of what the heck was going on, when the game was coming back on, why it's not here on NBC, all that kind of stuff. So I had to do that. But after uh, the six o'clock hit, Jesse and I. We were in those streets, baby. We were in them streets looking <laughs> for something to eat. <laughs> there you go. Well, so, so yeah, so, so good. So, so TC's slipping, and he doesn't even he can't even blame it on bad ice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, he can't. 
he can't claim it to be the edge. He can't claim himself to be one of the referees out there falling down to the players. I mean, it, it was bad. When have you ever seen hockey players like that just falling down one after another trying to skate on the ice? Did you did you, did you talk to the any of the Golden Knights players or even know I saw an interview with Peter DeBoer? Uh, how much disappointment was there from Vegas Golden Knights players? And not so much just that the 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 ice was the way it was and they had the long delay and everything, but just when they came back and they played in the second third period and they got the loss. Yeah, um, basically. <laughs> First of all, these guys are, are real professionals, you know what I mean? And they they know the – it's not necessarily the – I can't say the patriot way, but they know the professional athlete way. So they're never going to get out and, and dog the NHL or dog out, you know, anything that had to do with this game because they know how big the game is for the NHL, for their team and everything else. So with that being said, all the players, for the most part, wanted to continue the game or they were happy to just come back and play the game. And basically what they said is that they treated the first period of the game like it was their morning skate. So, you know, the, the experiences, as far as that's concerned, the players were as much in awe of what it looked like and especially how, it, you know, just the atmosphere as much as the media was and I was. I mean, it was – I mean, it's, it's just – you can't really fathom just how pretty it looked. You have a you have a, a hockey rink, literally fifty feet from a beach, fifty feet from a beach on a golf course with a beautiful lake with snow-capped mountains with blue skies in the background. Like it, it was just, it, it's it, I, I I didn't think it was. It's not real, you know. Just how pretty it was. It was just so so pretty. Um, and then when we were out there watching the game at noon. The sun was up, and they say it was probably, I don't know, what, 40 degrees or something? I don't know. But it was nice. I barely, I didn't even have a hat on, no jacket really, just a sports coat. And it was beautiful, you know? Oh. So it, until the night hit. And that night on Saturday night was cold. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I literally have not been that cold in a very, very long time. And, again, I've worked in Montana. I've worked in Boston. And I I can't remember the last time I was that cold. It was freezing Yeah, Lake, cold. Lake Tahoe in the winter, my friend. You know how fond I am of Lake Tahoe. And I said, hey, I know that fairway. And I know that beach. And I know that water. Because I've hit some golf balls in that water on that 18th fairway. <laughs> so uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, again, that, that's my spot. Every summer I, I, I make sure that I go there. I love Edgewood. And uh, it's great that you got to experience it. Now, when it yes. when it comes to yes. the game, um, what were the feelings after the game? Because a lot of people now are thinking that maybe Colorado's just a better hockey team than the Vegas Golden Knights. They look fast. They had Makar and Landisberg back. I still think Vegas might have a slight engine goaltender. I'm not completely sold on Grubauer, although you know he's had some injuries on that, and he's playing well this season for him. But f- from a standpoint of – what was the sentiment from maybe the players up there and just the overall feeling of now these two teams have played each other three times. Colorado's won the last two both games three to two. They held the two to one edge there. It seems like these are the two best teams in the conference. I would agree with you completely. They feel like they're the two best teams in the conference, but for some reason, uh, like you just did it, a lot of people nationally are doing it. They're acting as if St. Louis isn't a team with a second amount of points 
in the West Division, even though they have the Golden Knights and the Avalanche have games in hand, but still, uh, St. Louis is still right there. But and they're they're just basically saying it's all Vegas and it's all Colorado. Uh, I think saying that one benefits St. Louis because they're flying under the radar. They have no expectations. People don't really think they're going to do anything. I think it's going to be just Vegas and the Avalanche. But I, I think that St. Louis needs to be in that discussion as well. But with all that being said, Colorado does look much faster than Vegas. Um, they have been executing much better. And, like, man, I don't know what the heck the deal is, but can someone take a McKinnon off of fast forward? Like, this dude, man, it looks like, it looks like he's, he's got that old um, – remote control that Adam Sandler had in the movie where he can fast-forward people and rewind them. It looks like McKinnon's playing on fast-forward and everyone else is playing on normal speed, man. It's, he is so fast. He's an X-factor. He is truly an X-factor. Forget all the other people they got back. They couldn't do anything with McKinnon in all three games of this series so far. He's a monster. <laughs> Brian Salmon joins us, the sports director over at News 3, talking about uh, the weekend in Lake Tahoe, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche participating in the NHL outdoors at Lake Tahoe. Brian, I wanted to talk to you about your interview with Mike Tirico. I know that you're really proud of that. And, again, uh, all sports fans know what a great <laughs> job Mike Tirico uh, has done, uh, a, a class guy, great personality. I thought it was a great interview that we got to see. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, and, again, and I got a chance to, to watch you, you know, on sports night last night. Uh, great stuff. Give us your takeaways after interviewing a guy that I know that you look up to. Yeah, that's Look at you, Tim. You are a professional yourself, TC, by seeing that and doing your homework and knowing that even bringing that up makes me feel good that you actually that you saw that. You know what I mean? Like, um, I appreciate that. That was really uh, one of the highlights of the weekend, just getting a chance to, to interview Mike Tirico via Zoom. And that's, as you know, just a portion of the interview, you know? I mean, I have stuff that I'm going to air tonight as well, but uh, he – he is someone that absolutely I look up to and how I can improve, you know, on a daily basis at my craft, just working on my craft to be like him. Uh, so smooth, so knowledgeable, such a professional, no matter what I ask him, how I ask it, he, he's giving me the kind of answers that are truthful and insightful, but exactly what I'm looking for. So, I mean, that was, that was just great. I love the fact that, um, He's, he aligned himself with you and Frank, and you're probably going to get to that, and how he does not like the gold helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't you met anyone who does yet. Well. <laughs> Just me. Like, you, I'm literally the only person. You're, you're, you're on that <laughs> island by yourself, man, in the middle of Lake Tahoe. And remember, there is no oh, island. I am, exactly. I, I am Tom Hanks with Wilson with those, with those gold helmets for sure. <laughs> Um, Even Wilson yeah, wouldn't have liked the gold helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson would have decided to jump off the boat instead of staying there with the gold helmet. He'd just say, get this damn thing off of me. <laughs> hey, hey Numchuck oh, wa- wants to know if you met Dusty Cooch. Gooch. Dusty Gooch. <laughs> hey, how about this? And I need to post it. I actually took video of when good old Dusty walks from where he was walking from is our vantage point. That's where that's the side of the ice that we we're uh, standing on. Basically, we have any seats. We're standing there. So I took like some video on my phone of Dusty walking up and delivering the official puck, and then walking back. I need to post that. I'm gonna tag you on it, TC. There you go. That's as close as I got to Dusty. There it is. <laughs> 
Well, and remember, if they do do this again, which I don't know, that's probably a long shot. But next time, um, if you want more than five minutes, bring that uh, bring that special Sports Three boat up there, and you can just <laughs> see the entire game. <laughs> I, know. I know that's that's great. You say that. That's funny. Justin and I were saying that. Like, you, man, maybe next time you think that Channel Three will let us rent a boat. <laughs> No, sir, they will not. But, man, that would have been a nice little spot. Their vantage point was was just as good as ours was. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, glad you, you had a good weekend. You at least you ate some good food. And, again, I'm not going to take full blame here because, remember, B-Sal, I'm supposed to be the assist man. You're supposed to ask. You're supposed to ask me for the food tips. I just You just expect me to go ahead and offer it up, which, no problem, but you got to <laughs> ask me, my man. So don't sit there and blame oh, me. Gotta... I'm going to blame you. I mean, oh, there you I'll, go. You an know, example. It was, it Hold was... on. Example. If I'm going to Valley oh, Joe, if I'm going to the Valley Joe, who's the first guy that I'm calling? It's not CeCe Sabathia. It's Brian Salmon. First guy that I'm calling if I'm going to Boston, who am I calling? I'm not calling Tom Brady or Robert Kraft. And uh, getting the old hand job. No, I'm calling B. Sal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and who's the first Whoa. guy that I'm calling if I'm going to Missoula, Montana? It's not Brent, Brent Musburger. <laughs> it's you, B. Sal. Oh, come on, man. Oh, wow. You know what, CTC? I thought it was implied that I wanted any of the suggestions that you can give me because I told you I was going. I was like, yo, man, we talked on the phone last week. I'm going. We, we, we want to eat. You know I want to eat. If anything, you know that I like to eat. So I, I want any of the suggestions right. that you give me. I'm, I'm down. I love your suggestions. You know how to eat as well. I see the pictures on, on Facebook. <laughs> I'm coming to TC. There you give go. me the grub. By the way, I think Tom Brady gives you the handoff. Robert Kraft gives you the other one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was thinking myself, TC, man. You may want to call Robert Kraft. I don't know why you called me first. Places, places the lotion in the basket. <laughs> New Orleans. New Orleans is another place. They didn't go there. B. Sal, he's the man in New Orleans. He's the man of the Mardi Gras. There you go. What's the overrunner on beads that you're trying to get? Yeah. (laughs) Where are the beads, B. Sal? I've got plenty of them. I got them packed away. I got got to keep them packed away. All right, brother. Hey, we'll let you get back to work because I know that you are working today. Tell everyone what they can uh, watch tonight at News 3. News 3, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. We have. the Golden Knights are playing at 6, so I'll have some in-progress highlights. But beforehand, I have a preview from some of the uh, morning skate. And I'm going to air some more of that Mike Tirico interview tonight, man. And also, what Ryan Reeves is doing with um, building the, the hockey, uh, ball hockey um, rink here in Las Vegas, man. Like, Ryan Reeves has really been, been a, um, a good, great person in the community for the Golden Knights, man. So, yeah. Check it out. Yeah, well, and and you know how passionate Ryan Reeves is about stuff when he's willing to work in conjunction with a, with a Vander Kane on certain issues. <laughs> I know because he does he does not like Evander Kane. No, he does not like Evander Kane. Great, great stuff, my man. Yeah, I saw some of the Ryan Reeves stuff last night uh, as well on the on the sports night. So hey, keep it up, man. You, Jesse, Amber, you guys doing a great job. So. Uh, keep steering that ship, my man, and uh, we will look forward to talking with you very, very soon. Here we got some some basketball on the way, Thomas and Mac this week, and uh, we got the tournament here uh, that we're going to get to some more breaking news on here uh, on the other side of the break. So, good stuff, my man. We'll catch you tonight. All right, buddy. Be good. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. There he is, Brian Salmon, All right. the sports director okay, at New Three. You got it, bro. Appreciate you as always. All right, we come back. We'll talk some college hoop. 
as it is that season, no doubt about it. And like I said, we do have some news, some breaking news regarding the Mountain West Conference Tournament that is two weeks away. And we'll talk about UNLV's performance yesterday and then another game to the opposite contrary that was just one of the best college basketball games of the year. The T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. He was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. The doctor is now in. All right, you know, for those aches and pains, you know what you got to do. You got to go check out my man, RVDCBD.com. That's right. They got the bombs. They got the edibles. They got everything all for your CBD needs. That's right. RVDCBD. And get yourself the discount online, 21% by using the promo code TCRVD. So save yourself some money and use uh, any of the great products that Rob Van Dam has. He'll be with us uh, on Thursday talking about that as uh, Numchuck has just brought out the gummies. You haven't gone through all those gummies yet? You still got some in there? All right. You're swearing by this product too, aren't you? Yeah, there it is. 21% off rvdcbd.com. Put in the 21% discount code of TCRVD on the website. Again, go check it out, rvdcbd.com. I was thinking about him last night when I was watching the news, and I saw on the ticker on the bottom, because uh, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, apparently there's a warning out right now because there's some bad marijuana going around the valley right now. There is some mold in some of the weed right now, and they're asking people to make sure that they're very careful of uh, about uh, what they are um, lighting up these days. Well, do we need to get our expert Nick Nice on and, uh, and, and break it down there? I'm not sure, but but there but there there is literally a moldy weed problem in the valley right now. And what causes that? Do we know? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't even I don't even smoke you, this stuff. You brought it up, so I thought you might. Yes, you know. that's why I said. It, apparently, there I don't know what causes it. Yeah, I think I think Numchuck. Does I don't that. know what causes mold in the house, but old I know it's bad weed. for you. Well, old weed, right? Okay. It's just like spoiled milk. Okay, past yeah. the expiration date. Does weed have an expiration date? There it is. Well, if, it, if it's old and it's moldy, I guess that would be the expiration date I think date we need to it. get Nick Nice on the phone. That's like, what do you think? Maybe. Should we Should we do yeah. that? Old weed sounds like it should have been ODB's um, tag team partner back in wrestling years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me going about uh, ODB because I, I got in a, a, a debate with someone last night about uh, – now I forgot the, uh, the, uh, the Mexican rapper's name. And it has the same thing. I go, oh, are you talking about old dirty bastard? And the guy laughed. He goes, no, I'm talking about, you know, the other guy. A Mexican rapper yeah. that's ODB yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah. I have no yeah. idea and, and, he, and he's sampling like every other, every uh, R&B hip-hop song from the 70s and the 80s. I'm saying, come on, this isn't original. It's like, what are you talking about? ODB. And I go, you know, and I, I wish I could remember the guy's, uh, what, he, what, he, what the ODB stands for. But not that ODB. Okay. So I don't know. There you have it. I don't know. Man. I, don't, I don't even know how we went from moldy, yeah, yeah. moldy weed to that, but somehow but we did. So. Old weed, who knows what. Old weed, ODB, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's all completely irrelevant. <laughs> all right. Uh, breaking news, man. Let me tell you what's going on here. So we know that the Mount West Conference at the Thomas and Mack Center, we're looking forward to the tournament. They made an official announcement today that, yes, the tournament is going on. We know that. 
but no fans will be allowed to attend. This is a little bit different than the WCC tournament because uh, the WCC at the Orleans, they're going to allow some fans. But the Big West Conference, who is moving here this year, they usually uh, play down at Anaheim, but they're coming to Vegas as well too. So now that will make it, uh, what, five conference tournaments will be here in Las Vegas, the Mountain West Conference, the WCC, the Pac-12, the Big West, and the WAC, who's been here uh, at the Orleans in the past. So, yes, uh, no fans allowed at the Mountain West Conference, at the Thomas and Mac, and the Big West Tournament. So that's, that's sad because we know that you get this great fan base, not just from Las Vegans who like to come out and check out the tournament, but from all these other schools. Wyoming, even though they really haven't been very good. I mean, you see the barrel guy. He shows up. And, uh, you know, the, the Wyoming fans come to play their, like, one-and-done game or whatever. We see fans. But they for- get a trip to Vegas. That's true. I mean, that's what that's one of the big reasons yeah. they come down here. I know. They, it, it, okay, so they buy the tickets for the games. Then they sell the tickets when their team gets eliminated. And then they get to go in and they get to do more but gambling and party in Vegas. But they show up for their teams. They're wearing no, the brown I, I know the they do. And, well, yeah. Yeah, they're hoping for yeah. the best, but they're preparing for the worst. And the worst-case scenario, they get a vacation in Vegas. So you think they're still coming or what? Well, not if they're not allowed to go to any of the games, and maybe that. That's but what I'm may, saying. But, but maybe they're still going to try. I don't know. Yeah, but if if you're saying that they're well, they get to come because they really enjoy the Vegas part, maybe more so than the the basketball. Maybe they'll still come. But I'm well, thinking, no. Well, what is it in Wyoming coming. right now? <laughs> Ten below zero. They might still be coming. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm wondering, right? So, you ever been to Laramie? No, I, I'll pass on that one. I, I was going there years ago when we were going to visit a friend at Idaho State in Pocatello, Idaho. And we got stuck on the mountain because the there, was, there was a snowstorm going down to Laramie where we were literally stuck on the side of a mountain for three hours because they weren't letting people pass through. And we had already driven from Chicago and we were that far. So so we wouldn't run out of gas. We basically sat there with the wind blowing around, just blowing our car all over the place, just waiting for it to get warm. Uh, see, I don't understand this. Last week you're telling me about uh, trips up. Up north to Wisconsin, you got your buddy coming to town here pretty pretty soon. Now you're telling me about these road trips that you're taking to uh, to Idaho and Montana Pocatello, and, Idaho. and all no, these no, other not, places. No, 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 put any words in my mouth. No. We went to Pocatello, Idaho, I'm, I'm sure. but you have to drive through Laramie, Wyoming to get there. How about North Dakota? You been there? I uh, have not been there. Yeah, South Dakota. No. You, you've been to some 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 of those cold spots. I'm sure. Oh, I've been to some cold yeah. spots. Yeah, Kansas. You know. Nebraska in the wintertime. Well, driven through. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, been See? up to Toronto. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. I, Toronto's I mean, okay. That's a nice city. I'll, yeah, it's I'll a give beautiful that, city. I'll give that to you. But why Very clean city as well. want to go to Pocatello? Because we, we had here. a friend going to school there. Okay. So we were literally going to visit him. And then my buddy that I went up there with, who, by the way, happy birthday, Mark. It's actually his birthday today. He's the guy that I drove through with. <laughs> and, and boy, you t- we were so tired making that drive. We worked Saturday night at the restaurant we worked at. Stayed up and worked the Sunday brunch because we used to do that. Then went to the Blackhawk game and then drove from the Chicago Stadium to Pocatello, Idaho. You, you know, there's this invention called the airplane. You, you understand that, don't you? Well, we didn't take planes back then. We Why drove not? all the way through. You don't see it. Because we wanted in a the car winter? to drive around. In the winter? Yes, it was winter, yes. Who wants to do that? Come we, on, we man. We were young. We were stupid. <laughs> we were, you know... We basically drove completely across country yeah. in mountainous regions, in snowstorms all over the place, and we'd been up for like uh, probably 48 hours or more going into it. See, I don't want to be in a car more than two hours. So, yeah, it wasn't, it. it wasn't the brightest thing we ever did, but 
We're alive. Okay. <laughs> You're still not making these uh, these trips to these rural parts, are you? No, not anymore. Yeah, okay. Hell no. I, I, you see me, I can't even walk into the building anymore. <laughs> My back is so sore, I think something's about to explode. All right, let's talk about some college basketball. Yesterday was one of the best games that I've seen definitely this year and maybe in quite some time. We're talking about the Michigan-Ohio State game, an outstanding game. Both teams are, are top five teams in the country. Both teams should make a deep run into the NCAA tournament. Both teams, think about this, they shot 53% from the floor. You rarely see teams shoot over 50%, let alone both teams in the game both shot identical 53 percent michigan shot 48 percent from beyond the three-point arc they were 11 for 23 ohio state was 50 percent 11 for 22 it was a beautifully played game people want to rip on college basketball or you know we understand ripping on the nba but both these teams were sharing the ball they were getting out on the break there was actually low post action. The big seven-footer would have loved watching this game. Actually, he was watching this game because we talked a little bit during it. Um, but uh, both of these teams were phenomenal. And here's what I like the most about it. Combined turnovers between both teams, 15. Ohio State had seven, or rather Michigan had seven, and Ohio State had eight. And their eighth turnover happened to be the biggest one, the killer for them. They were down three with the ball. And a guy had the ball on the left wing, got a little lazy, tried a little behind-the-back pass, and the ball just bounced because it went to no one. All of a sudden, the Michigan guy scoops it up. He starts sprinting down the court, lays it up, gets fouled. Just like that, Ohio State had a chance to cut the lead to one, maybe even tie it with a three, and all of a sudden, the lead goes to six, and there you go. That was pretty much the game, and uh, Ohio State loses to Michigan 92-87, but just a great basketball game. But here's what really upset me about this game is because you got two rivals, and you know this rivalry better than anybody. It doesn't matter. If it's football, it's basketball, it could be softball, it could be volleyball. I mean, this is the rivalry of all rivalries. Check out their hockey games. They're hockey they games. don't like each other. Perfect. There's another one. Exactly. And... You're playing in the empty arena. I don't know what they call it now, This the, the value, whatever, arena in, in, in Columbus, home of Ohio State. But watching this game with no fans, just maybe a spattering, just hearing the players and everything, just what this would be like with a packed house, it, with these two programs being as good as they both are this year, knowing that they're going to the tournament, fighting for the Big Ten title, in a game like this uh, on Sunday afternoon, it just sad me, and it just it just hit me like, wow, look what we're missing here. And a lot of people are saying how boring they feel college basketball is. The game itself isn't boring, but because there's no fans allowed, it just it's going to paint the picture here that how boring will people view the NCAA tournament? Yeah, all the ancillary stuff that we're used to. Like you mentioned, when you when these two teams get together, you have the fans, you have the cheerleaders, you have the arenas, you have the marching bands going at it. Although the whole marching band, it's not like a football game, but there's still people of the band there. And, you know, you're going to have Hail to the Victors going against Ohio State's fight song, this, that, and the other. No, you're going to have a ton of back and forth and different things going on. You're going to have crowds cheering every call and booing every call. So, yeah, it, it, it's definitely... All that ancillary stuff that's on the side and that, it's definitely a different vibe and everything else. We've seen it at Golden Knights games where they drive me crazy with the piped-in noise and the phony stuff and that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, 
it'll be nice to see fans back. I got to be honest. One thing that I liked about watching some of the Australian Open was, and you could tell the total difference in play from the matches where fans were, even if it's only 25%, as opposed to when there's none there. There is a huge difference. I've gotten used to no fans. It doesn't completely bother me, but there are certainly times in any game, especially in rivalry games like that, where you look and you go, Man, it's too bad that people can't be here because this would just be an unbelievable atmosphere. I'm glad you brought up the Australian Open final because, as you know, I stayed up late to watch Naomi Osaka uh, defeat uh, Jennifer Brady, and it was a great performance like we anticipated with Osaka. But this is what got me with that. Again, and I haven't been watching a whole lot of tennis. and I, you know, I watched a little bit of the earlier rounds you know, with, 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 uh, with no fans. But I enjoyed it. it. It brought me back to the game that I used to love, watching tennis, because there were fans, and there was that excitement, and the crowd there, you know, basically rooting for both players. I mean, when, when Brady was in the match there in that first set, it was like, okay, this is great. You could tell that the, the crowd was kind of rooting for her. Then when Osaka, you know, really turned it up, especially in that second set, you could see the fans were, oh, okay, we're witnessing greatness here. But and it hit me while I was watching that, like, Hey, this is way it's supposed to be. And it's like, this is great. Now I go back to watching college basketball and the hockey, watching the game in Lake Tahoe. Okay, we knew there weren't going to be any fans and we right. were kind of used to it, like you said. But now with the, with the college basketball now saying that, okay, they are going to allow fans. And we talked about that story on, on Friday that 25% is going to be allowed in the buildings for the NCAA tournament. So it's like, okay, this is great. Now we get word that no fans at the Mountain West Conference and the Big West tournaments. It's just, man, it's just I want to get back to it, and I'm a firm believer that we can get back to it. You can get this thing done. You can. You can have fans. And me personally, yes, you can do more than 20 or 25%. And what are we hearing here with the Golden Knights now? People are all excited that, okay, fans are going to be back. Now we're hearing, what, maybe only 15%? Yeah, I, I know there was something I, I was reading the other day that Bill Foley's upset because it looks like they might only let 15% and maybe because it's an indoor arena and things are different. We know the Speedway, and that's a gigantic outdoor arena, and they're only going to allow 20% there. So I still don't know exactly what the parameters are of everything. We know restaurants now are, um, you know, they're, they're 35% and they're hoping to be 50% after March 1st or whatever. Even that's a little bit weird. My brother and I went out to grab a bite last night because we haven't gotten together in a couple weeks so we figured let's go out someplace so we call them make a reservation because reservations are mandatory everywhere you go now right the place we went was like oh no we're not taking reservations now it's it's walk-ins only i'm like wait so you went the complete opposite way well yeah it's and it's like so they're totally making everything up as it goes along just like and and again i know we've talked about this i think off air i don't know about honor but i've never understood the whole thing of it's like everything closes at 10 p.m it's like, so what? Coronavirus comes out at 10.01 and goes, damn, all our victims are gone or something like yeah. that. If, if you're going to let them be open, let them be open their normal hours or whatever. If you, I, I, there's so many things, and I understand people are trying to be safe, and they're trying to be cautious on this, that, and the other. But some of the stuff just doesn't make sense. Well, and you're promoting bigger crowds now. You say, okay, well, I guess uh, I'll go walk in. And what does that mean? People are gathering there in the lobby or outside, more and more people. You know, there was a forty-five to the forty-five yeah. minute to an yeah. hour wait. Yeah. Well, it's like okay, so yeah, like you said, now you're having people sitting there in the waiting areas and that walking around. Great game yesterday with Ohio State and Michigan. Just it, it's too bad. Michigan, like I said, won, wins the game ninety-two to eighty-seven with no fans allowed. But in contrast, after that game was over, you flip the channels and one of the worst college basketball games that I have seen this year. 
And of course, that was UNLV against San Jose State. And we talked about how bad San Jose State is all last week, about how the Rebels are going to get pick up two easy victories. Well, obviously, T.J. Osselberger's club yesterday just walked into this game in the middle of the afternoon in an empty arena in San Jose and just figured, okay, we won by 16 two nights earlier. We're going to have an easy cakewalk of a time. And they could have. But this was atrocious. UNLV 13 turnovers. It was sloppy. UNLV shot 36% from the floor from three 26%, 7 for 27, uh, 6 for 14 from the free throw line. They out-rebounded San Jose State 51-26, to 26, and they have to hang on for a three-point victory. They were favored by 14 in this game. And this is, you should have seen this if you didn't see it. Uh, the shooting percentages were awful individually. I believe Bryce Hamilton was 6 for 24, either finished that way or at one point. This was an atrocious basketball game. It showed this team is not mature enough to handle the big stage. This wasn't a big stage, but you've got to win these games, and you've got to win them convincingly. You can't think that you're just going to show up. I mean, sloppy with the basketball, turning the ball over, just ridiculous. And if this team thinks that they may be able to win a game or two in the tournament, forget about it. And we talk about the leadership. We talked about it with Curtis Terry last week. There is no leadership on this team. These are games you got to go and you got to drill press this opponent. And when we're, we've talked about it, San Jose State is like Chicago State. They are downright awful and have nothing to play for. This UNLV performance yesterday, just embarrassing. Well, and you mentioned the margin of victory. San Jose State had a three at the end that could have set that thing to overtime. I mean, they, they missed that three that, that could have that could have tied that game up. And yet, UNLV, you don't know what you're getting with these guys. They've played San Jose State, and they let them stay in games. But then they played Boise State and some other teams, and they've played them close in games. They've been blowing out in games. You literally don't know what you're getting. Air Force almost when they beat them, too. You know, and we saw yeah. the, I had, when they hit the court, yeah. you don't know yeah. what team is showing up. We saw the Montana State game to open the season. They were never in that game, and this was very reminiscent of that. It's, it's ridiculous to, to have that type of, of attitude going into a game. I mean, it was – and you can't blame you're playing in an empty arena. I mean, it just – it was ugly, ugly basketball yesterday. Do you, do you think part of it was because they did win that the first game by 16 and sure. they just thought that they had them? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, and this isn't – well, I guess it is kind of a knock on the team. UNLV's not good enough to just assume that they can win against anybody just by taking the court. You've got to come and play the game. Absolutely. And the talk about multiple Mountain West Conference teams making the tournament, I'm telling you, that is absurd. I mean, I, I heard one place say that there was going to be four of them in there. I was like, four? Anybody thinking there's going to be three or four? It's, it's ludicrous. What, did they expand it to 100 this yeah. year? And, you know, <laughs> I understand that, that Boise State and, and San Diego State, they're getting some love. Utah State as well, too. Fine. But all of these teams, they're going out in the first round. They're going out in the first round. I'm telling you, it's, it's not a good conference. Ugh, it was ugly. It was some ugly basketball. Unbelievable. Then they'll get a chance to wander Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, good stuff today. want to thank Tim Bradley, the five-time former boxing champion, for joining us, the ESPN boxing analyst, talking about the Oscar Valdez devastating punch that knocked Miguel Burchelt unconscious at the MGM on Saturday night. And then also Brian Salmon from News 3 talking about the Golden Knights. Tonight, what's going to happen? Avs? 
in Golden Knights. This time it's in Denver. I think right now Colorado's kind of in Vegas' head. I think that they got to be made a favorite, but it certainly doesn't mean that Flurry can't get hot and that they can't find a win the game. But be sure tonight to check out more with the Brian Salmon and Mike Tirico interview. Good yeah, stuff. Good stuff. Very good stuff. You know, if the Avs win tonight, they win three out of four. Oh, I'm, from, I'm aware of that. Yeah. And remember, too, the first game that they lost when they got shut out one to nothing, they hadn't played in two weeks. That's true. Maybe they weren't sharp. We're back at it. Craig Hodges is going to join us, the former Chicago Bull. He will join us tomorrow, plus terrible Tuesday takes. We'll catch you tomorrow. If you miss any part of the show or any of it, it's on the website at tcmartinshow.com.